one of the first things, one of the first times I got into interested, I guess, in watching my breath uh, because it was one of the only things I could count on at some of those times. And um, I just found like I was done. I figured I was done. I was like 23 years old and I was like, I'm done. Life's over. And I don't have any skills that aren't going to end me up in, in trouble somehow. And I don't know how to take care of myself very well. And, and, and here I am in the world. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Class is in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get it. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we are back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. You guys, I'm super excited for today's show. This is somebody that I've wanted to get on for a while. Been following his journey since probably 2012 when I discovered him on Joe Rogan. And although I've discovered a lot of people on there, this is one guy that I've always been like, I need to get, I need to talk to this guy at some point. And you know what it is, is that I've always respected his genuine curiosity about people and about different topics of life. And what I really liked about, about him is that whenever he's interviewing somebody or being interviewed, he always asks the question I was thinking. You know, there's people like that. You're like, oh man, I'm so glad you asked that. That's how it's always been. So what we got today, we're joining us is Tate Fletcher. You guys, he's been around. He's, he's got an incredible story. He was an MMA fighter. He's an entrepreneur. He's a, he's a co-founder of Caveman Coffee with Keith Jardine, another MMA fighter. They've created an awesome brand. It's great stuff. And he's been able to, you know, continue his acting career as a stuntman. He's worked in films such as Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Equalizer, many more, as well as um, he's been in the TV show Westworld and Breaking Bad. So some pretty awesome projects there that he's worked on. And I highly suggest you guys check him out and follow him after the show. But we got into what's going on in, in, in the world right now. We, we talked about, you know, as much as we could jam in in just over an hour. Um, I could have talked to the guy all day. But as always, you know, I got to try and wrap it up in an hour to respect people's time because I can, I can talk. I almost think I got I to gotta have a longer format show at some point you know, like the longer in-person ones like Joe Rogan is because I love, I feel like an hour is just getting, just scratching the surface sometimes. And today was one of those, one of those conversations. So we went deep, we talked about all kinds of things and you guys are going to love this. It's super entertaining. And I highly, highly suggest you listen to this right to the end. So you guys want to have some fun. You want to get your minds blown. Listen to this episode. Tate Fletcher coming right up. And we're on. Tate Fletcher, welcome to the show, brother. What's up, man? Good to be here. <laughs> Dude, so crazy time, to say the yeah. least, right now in the world. What, what's going on with you, man? What's, what's your perspective on all this? Because I feel like this fucking shit changes every single day. <laughs> it's right. just like yeah, it's crazy. Like I wake up in the morning and I go, is it legal for me to drive across state lines still? Or are we, you know, and, and yeah. I don't really know. I kind of wake up like with a feeling like that kind of all the time. Uh, you, then you read these crazy things about some psychopath saying, yeah, we should never ever shake hands again. Or oh, this, this whole, 
getting people to be scared of one another is kind of a, it's a fucking bad vibe that's just started. It seems like this week is, is that kind of thing. And then the, you know, the, the mayor of LA saying you should rat, start to actively rat on your neighbors. If you see them outside or whatever, it's like, this, this is an insanity and, and not kind of a, it's like a McCarthyism in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, just, because I, I don't see, I don't know, I'm in Santa Fe right now, but I don't see people rampantly just disregarding this. I see families of three or four people out together is maybe the biggest deal, you know? It's not like, a, or four kids kicking a soccer ball. Like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it, the payoff is worth the squeeze. Yeah. You know, to, for, for, the, for the companionship that we've gotten during this time, because everybody's in this boat that is like, going, Oh my God, are we, are we seaworthy anymore? You know, like we're, we're in a real strange time where, you know, the, the pause button gets pressed and you go, you're not allowed to make a living anymore. Yeah. And, and, and neither is anybody else basically, except for like socialist kind of state jobs or city jobs or something like that. Like they keep the whole thing going. But like, other than that, you're, you're just stopping commerce and then devaluing the U S dollar. Like the, the big ramifications of this my mom gets scared of the flu, right? Yeah. And uh, and I'm like, that's the least of your worries about this. Have the the flu is not what this is. You know, this is a what what are we going to wake up into in the coming months um, of what it is to be American anymore? I mean, it, it could feel very differently shortly. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre, man. It's it's really, yeah, the what's going to come from this is going to be worse than the actual, you know, disease itself. It's it's crazy. And that's certainly a viewpoint for sure. And I, and I bounce that in my head and then I go, okay, but what's really true. Yeah. Is that there's a broadness. Yeah. Occurring all the time. That's outside of my scope of awareness. Right. And um, just because I can't see the big picture doesn't mean that it's not moving in a, in a progressive positive way way forward you know mm. and the fact is not a lot of people have died we're not in a position where it's like i mean they've got you feeling like the flu is like having aids yeah it's crazy right? it, i mean like yeah. i grew up back in the in, in the 80s and it's like it, it made it feel like holy shit if i put my dick in that i could blow up like that's yeah. how sex felt when you were a kid growing up yeah and, and it's like and and that wasn't super true you know it's like there's yeah. it's a weird thing man for something where i don't know something like a tenth of the people that have died from the flu this year, it's been of COVID. Well, a tenth of the regular flu. So the numbers aren't like crazy. It's just like there's a magnifying glass on those numbers and on those cases right now. And I'm like, what? Why all the draw? Why all the distraction? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Because like, I've got to get to like I right now know people that know people that have gotten sick, but I only know one person that's gotten sick, and she was a nurse. She works in Manhattan in two different places. Yeah. And she got sick was sick for however long and then is back at work now. Mm. Fuck. I don't know though. I mean, yeah. I, I just, it, it's just, so anyway, at times like this where there is no seeming security or whatever, I just go back to, okay, how do I fortify myself? How do I stay strong amidst the chaos? How do I keep a balance and a centeredness despite, um, you know, catastrophizing like, cause that's the other choice. I go into this catastrophe thinking, which isn't, just doesn't go anywhere. So I'm like, okay, let, instead of that, let's get stronger today. Yeah. And that'll always serve as an asset. So I can always go back to my basics kind of and go, just find your breath in the morning 
and then look to get a little stronger in different avenues of your of yourself emotionally intellectually however that is today and yeah. uh and so my goals are real small right now you know it's like yeah. let's go okay just take off what i can chew or what i can attenuate because you know the thing is about my mom too she likes the news and um and, and, it, and, it, and it can yeah. make people sick, you know? And so to see that all the time, yeah, you do get scared and you mm -hmm. believe a certain narrative. And, 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 uh, and that, that may be the most unhealthy thing we could do is, is to, uh, you know, because those people change with the wind too. Like we said, we yeah. wake up in the morning looking at what the change is. It's like, here's a bunch of people pretending to be adults. Yeah. And to tell everybody else what's going on. And, and you see the frag, you know, you can start pulling the threads. And you're like, you guys don't know what's going on either. Yeah. And, and so in this, I think we just stay safe and we look to kindness and, and all that other stuff. It's like um, we're, we're having to take different stands, I think, for even civil humanity right now. I mean, as far as like how we treat our neighbors and, and how we see our neighbors, you know. Um, yeah. The bad business to get in, to be like, I want to be the cop on the block for Fuck. You know, the only thing I want to be thinking of, I want to be useful. Yeah. If one of my neighbors is in trouble, if there's a break in, if there's, I want to be useful like that, but I don't want to be guarded. Any, I mean, I'm safeguarding whose behavior because as I'm out there, like my mama with the news, yeah, you miss what's here and yeah. you miss how to center here. And, and so I want to be careful with all, all the distractions offered, I guess, in this time when I have more time than usual. Um, it's just a, another aspect of uh, another opportunity to get more disciplined, I think. Something Absolutely. like that. I, I yeah. agree, man. I mean, you can only control what you can control. You know, what you put in your body, you know, how you think and your mindfulness. I mean, it's been proven that your immune system is depleted from worrying too much, from watching too much fucking nonsense, putting that fear. I mean, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it all the time, right? I mean, fear, being in fear all the time you're more susceptible to get sick. And, you, right? the, the, and the rub is, is that it, it happens slowly. Yeah. So you're not even aware that you're sick. Yeah. And, that, and that's the cognitive dissonance kind of that we, we get caught in this space where we're not even aware yeah. of the malady that's affecting us right now because it's come on so gradually, it just feels like the world that we wear. It's like, man, you take a breath or you get a, a, some thoughtfulness behind it and you go, and, and, can take that cloak off and you go, Oh, it's not so heavy to be in the world anymore. Yeah. And it's like, and so I, I guess that's the thing is like, what am I taking on myself? How many other people's problems and this and that, and, uh, you know, and like I said, I, when, when I look to like other people's problems, I go, well, you're going to need to be strong if you're going to be useful at the end of this, you know, cause I think that we're all in this position where it's like, there's this big unknown and, and yeah. there's a feeling of like, we're fucked. But if everybody is in the same bad position as anybody in a bad position. I mean, we're all more communal than ever in that way. And I think that's the real beautiful thing to look at. And, um, and that I've been feeling, you know, I mean, I go out of my house and I see the most healthy America that I've ever seen. I see yeah. families out all walking together. Dogs have never felt so loved. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's really a, it's kind of a cool thing. albeit you know, under this situation, which maybe isn't the best, but it's like a cool thing to behold right now. Mm. There's a lot of positives, man. I, yeah. I see there's a lot of positives, but I mean, you either become victim or you become empowered. We don't have a choice of what's going on. Might as well try and see the positive perspective in it. And there are a lot of positive things. There's opportunity yep. everywhere. Well, you look at all the little companies that have repurposed. 
Yeah. You know, oh, we're going to shift. We're going to make masks now, or we're going to make uh, intubation systems. Or we're, I mean, and there's a lot of pivots that happen. And so inside of like big pressure, yeah. well, fuck, that's when epiphanies happen. That's when we get explosions and advancements. So it'll be cool to see what happens there too. Um, you know, with, with that advancement, you know, it's, it's interesting to see everybody's agenda, you know, because in yeah. times of crisis, you see different agendas get pushed forward and, yeah, so I just kind of pause and I take a breath and I go, okay, well, now's just the time to watch things and be aware and, and, yeah. and be, get as strong as you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's circle back to this, brother. I want to get into your story a bit because so I've been, you know, I've been following your journey since probably about 2012. Uh -huh. So I've always really loved your curiosity and how a lot of your perspective of what, how you look at health and the people you follow have always been something that I've resonated with with you. So I've always respected that. You're very genuine about it, man. So I appreciate that. And I've always noticed that about you. So, you know, I would love if you could kind of walk us through the beginning of your journey, man. What was it like for you growing up? You know, and maybe piece together how you got in from maybe growing up to when you got in, like, into fighting. That piece. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I, uh, you know, people ask the question and they say, what would you tell your younger self or something like that? Yeah. And, um, so it's always a strange thing retrospectively to think about, but I think to the degree that we can instill confidence and belief in kids, you know, like that's yeah. kind of believe that you can, you know, and, and we say it in a lot of trite ways, but it's like, to, to really get somebody on their own side, to really get somebody to be able to bet on themselves, that, that's a different kind of jump in the evolution of the soul because you've got to be vulnerable to such a degree that you break yourself and you show yourself to everybody as a broke. You, you stand there in truth of that because life breaks you. And then we put ourselves back together, right? Yeah. And we see who we become next with all this, all this knowledge and brokenness and road that we've traveled. And it takes time to learn how to believe in yourself, I think. I mean, I, for me, it, it's been that way for sure. And so a lot of what um, my road has been has been questioning, is going, you know, I, I mean, I've been looking at stuff, I mean, like this, like, go, like going, oh, it's like when I'm a kid and we, we kidnap General Noriega from Panama, like a sovereign leader of another country behind some drug deals that the CIA is doing. We kidnapped him. The president kidnapped. That's insane. Yeah. So anyway, I grew up in this kind of world where I'm looking at things like that. And I'm like, well, this is peculiar. Who's on your side? These are the people you're to trust or whatever. And all, all that is a little skewed for me, I guess. Um, and so I was distracted a lot. And, uh, and I, I did I just I was going by to get by, you know, and, and I mm. didn't think there was going to be a long future. And from, a lot of my behaviors, it didn't seem like there would be a long future for me. Um, and and I, I hit a bunch of walls and I, uh, I ended up getting sober and, and a lot of things changed in my life. And, and I was able to start getting focused in ways because there's an emptiness and sobriety also for me in that I didn't know how to be in a, in a different fashion. I, I just only knew what I was, right? And so that whole thing about who are you now when you – when all the clothing and the wallpaper is different, who are you now? And um, it was one of the first things, one of the first times I got into interested, I guess, in watching my breath. 
uh, because it was one of the only things I could count on at some of those times. And, um, and early on in that, uh, between that and working with other people, it, it gave me a, a sense of purpose and a drive and a, a consideration to challenge my spirit in a way that I'd fucking always been looking for and to really challenge who I was and what my ego was. And are, are you able to, uh, you know, I mean, you get to ask yourself a lot of questions when you have a combative lifestyle like, like I've had, yeah. um, you know, and, and that was my business for a long time. And, and so uh, in, inside of that, um, you know, I, I was asking myself different questions. Like, who are you? What, what self is it that you're protecting? Like I would have, you know, I, one of the first times I really did a functional organized fight was a stick fight with a group called the Dog Brothers. And the Dog Brothers are a group of uh, savage dudes that are all, I don't know, 15 years older than I am, something like that. And they were going to do a thing at the UFC once at halftime, one of the old UFCs back in the day. But they were, too, they were deemed too brutal. So even at the pay-per-view back then, um, the guys making that call were like, we're not going to do that. But so these guys would fight with sticks and with like a fencing mask on and, and uh, street hockey gloves or batting gloves, almost nothing. Your hands would get hit a lot. You'd break your hands. You'd, um, you'd get knocked out pretty easily. But people would throw themselves into this fray. Not a lot, like 15 to 20 people. And there'd be like three, 400 people that would come down Hermosa Beach uh, Park and watch guys fight in a thing called the gathering. And uh, the gatherings would happen on the equinoxes. Anyways, that, that was the first time getting a stick swung by my head kind of where I go, what self is it you're defending? Who, who is it that's, are you trying to look good or, or are you trying to survive? Or are you trying to be good? And so I really liked those situations. And so I would seek those out my whole life. As I look back, I would seek out those situations. Like, who are you when your heart is beating like fucking crazy? And you're terrified. Are you going to make the right move? Can you be counted on under pressure? Who do you become when the pressure comes hot? And, uh, and so I just started looking. And that's what my fighting career was about, really, was like, I wanted to just explore that part of myself. In, in a different way. And so, and, and that took me uh, qu quite a ways. It's been an amazing thing to, I mean, all the things I've been able to dip my toe in for a guy that was done at 23, right? Uh, yeah. My whole life came after that. And it was a change in my consciousness of, um, of, of curiosity, I guess, of looking into curiosity and going, you know, I'm sitting there on that day and I go, I got no skills. I might as well cash my own check. Like I'm done. Mm. And uh, a guy goes, well, then you sound like you're free. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, if you're ready to cash it in, man, you're free to do anything you want. You can try anything. So why, why don't you figure out what you like even? You haven't tried anything. You've been in this one narrow lane your whole life. Yeah. And, uh, and so then it just got me stepping out and trying new things and saying yes. And instead of life happening to me, I was a part of life. I was a proponent of life. And then I got into opportunities where I was able to push life forward in different ways and start businesses and help other people start businesses and kind of move along that way. And it's been, uh, it's been just a trip because every part of my life layers into the next part and becomes the next. And as long, it seems like as long as I'm looking to be helpful to others and be in that service oriented way that a guy told me a long time ago, my whole life sorts out to fit together like a beautiful puzzle. You know, yeah. and that's amidst horrific depression, uh, a whole bunch of TBIs, um, uh, like a whole lot. I mean, it's like I, I need to look into it. I need to analyze it just to be well to walk through life in the day. But it's like when I focus on other people, all that stuff goes away. And all I am is just a helpful unit that's out there moving through the world doing like and that is 
um, changed everything in my life. It changes the way I look at my life, you know? And instead of going, what do I need? It's like, where can I give? Mm. And, and that's, you know, it sounds like more work, but the freedom that's in there is fucking, it makes life easy. Yeah, man. It's, it's so much better in relationships too, because you're looking like, how can I serve this person? How can I help? How can I be curious about what they're doing? And yeah, it's a, a beautiful told, thing. Dude told me one time about relationships. He goes, everybody says it's 50, 50, you know, you got to bring fit and you got to meet them. And, and he says, and that is so fucking wrong. He says, that's a recipe for misery. He says it's a hundred percent and a hundred percent. He's like, it has to be what, what else would you have? Yeah. You know? And, and it was like, you know, things like that trip me out too, because I, I would run from things like commitment, things, responsibility. I don't like any of those words. And then I was teaching uh, a wrestling class and, and I'm teaching kids a double leg and I can teach them all the mechanics of it, but you can't keep teach commitment. So what we would always yell is commit. You got to commit to the shot. And it just dawned on me. And that afternoon I go, where doesn't that apply to your life? You got to commit to the shot in every motion you do. And if you're not willing to be committed to that, then what are you doing in that spot? Right. Move out the way. You know, get to the place where you can be useful, where you can shine, where you want to go and risk and be vulnerable because that's what breaks us open and that's what shares our beauty. And that's what I think it, it, it has a effect that vibrates out from us. Yeah. I think it's, you know, a friend of mine did, he was lifting a stone the other day and he had put a post up on Instagram and, uh, and he was talking about, you know, what is it to lift the stone or whatever to, for the sake of it? It's, a, it's not, but this can be for everything. This can be for everything in your life where, where your awareness and your inten intentions are that changes the whole action of whatever it is you're doing. Mm. And, and, uh, and it may behoove me to be aware of what those are and to really solidify those before I undertake action, lest I make my life messier. Yeah. That's what, that, that's all I know. Dude, that's powerful, man. I love, I love that. How, how much has being sober, like walk us through that journey. How long have you been sober for? And because I can, years. I can, I can relate with you in this because I worked in bars and nightclubs for so many years. Yeah, me too. It was fucking, it was my identity, man. It was my identity, the party guy. That's all I knew. So trying to get out of that, I know the feeling. It can be very challenging, right? Like how, how was that as far as your identity and, and getting rid of that shit? How did that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's everything, you know? It's like, I mean, that's as powerful as anything else. It's like it, it, you think of it as a, it's an occupation, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're an alcoholic, that's an occupation. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. everything else is secondary. And yeah. so um, that's, it's a tiresome job too. It's a very tiresome anxiety filled job. But for yeah. me, what a blessing because it gave me a road and a, a spirituality. It gave me a, a sense of direction and purpose. It gave me a system through which I can be useful and be of service to other people that really need it, that nobody else except in the position of where I'm sitting right now can be helpful. And like when, when you relate to people one-on-one -on -one like that, uh, you know, great things can come to pass. And, and so yeah. for me, it's been, um, it's like I said, it, it looks like more work, but it's freedom, man. It's a lot, it's a life. And I would have never known one. Mm -hmm. I would have never had, you know, so it, it's everything. It's the foundation. Yeah. 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 I, when I quit for a year, I, it just, it completely changed my perspective on how I looked at life because I wasn't, I was so used to digging myself out of holes and not building on the foundation. And it was always like, fuck, how deep am I going to go with this? And you just get to that level of 
all right, I feel good. Well, let's fucking poison ourselves again and go back into that hole. Mm. You know, it's just that self-sabotage. Like it's like people say, get back on the track, right? Yeah. Let's get back on track. Well, the, the, the problem is, is that the track is uphill. Yeah. And so when you pause to get off and fuck about, you don't just get back on the track. This fucker slides back down. You meet it back. I mean, and, yeah. and that becomes the, the Sisyphus that I just was like, I can't participate anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, and um, yeah, I, I think the things I look at in my life now, I go, well, where, where can it have the most potency, right? If I'm going to do an action, I want to have it be potent. I don't want to move through life and not make an impact. And I want to be thoughtful about that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, all those things became a foundation of, of discipline, of commitment and um, of routine and, and having a practice and building a practice and, and being able to curate that. And uh, yeah, what a gift. Yeah. Because if you can, if you can, if you can stop that and you can actually become sober, you can fucking do anything. Like I've, I, I've, I, I, that itself, if you can get away from that and some people can handle drinking, some people that's sure. great. I've toyed with, I've danced with back and forth so much. And I feel if you can beat that, <laughs> like you can literally beat anything. I, I feel like, like I'm not mad at drinking. I think it's useful for a lot of people and, yeah. and whatever. I'm not the arbiter of anybody's behavior. Yeah, same. But, um, but for me, I, I go, okay, what, that potency I want in my life. I just look at shit now and I go, okay, does this, is it going to make me richer? Is it going to make me fuck better? Is it going to make yeah. me smarter? Is it going to make me nicer? Is it going to, if it's not going to like, yeah. and, uh, and that's the thing is like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that I have time for it. You know, it's like, you, you might be nice and everything, but you're of no value to me yeah. and you're going to maybe hinder, you know, and in my case, a hundred percent, it'll hinder my life, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah. 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 It's an interesting journey, man. I always like to, uh, talk about that with people because it's sometimes we forget and some people just, just what it can, it can have such impact on people's lives and they just don't have the self-awareness that what could happen when you do get rid of it out of your life. Right. And well, a lot of times it's like anything, right. It becomes yeah. the thing you think about. Yeah. And, and that's the problem that I mostly have is I, I start thinking about the wrong shit and then I don't complete the task and that, totally. you know, and so, this whole thing of like, how do I curate my thoughts even are, is pretty fucking important. And, and, and that all speaks to it, you know, yeah. it's like, is this going to help me down the road more? Is this a thing that's just a distraction that's in my head that keeps kind of getting in the way of my life? Yeah. So dude, I, I am really curious to explore your entrepreneurial journey because there's going to be a lot of people wanting to reinvent themselves after this. And I know when you, you, when you started Caveman, what, in 2013 or 14? Caveman Coffee? Yeah, I don't recall, something like that. Yeah. What was your, what was your entrepreneurial journey like? You know, what, what was that like? And had you, had, you, have you, had you gone into anything like that before? And like, walk us through that a little bit, man. Mm. Um. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what really what a startup was. I mean, I had the idea, but I didn't really, I didn't know much of anything. I just had a real interest in coffee and, and yeah. always had as a, as a fan, as a caffeine addict. Yeah. And, uh, and then got deeper and deeper into the exploration of different coffees and, and different grades. And, and uh, you know, the more you expand your curiosity, the more that stuff comes into your purview. And, 
And so we, we met a couple of guys, my partner, Keith Jardine, met a, a couple of guys that were kind of refugees from Colombia um, because of the Pablo Escobar cartel time. Yeah. They had like three kidnapping attempts. They were like 11, 12 years old and that. And so they, they split, they fled to Miami. And anyway, we met them and they became our first coffee roasters. But we got into this whole thing, got into the nitro. Um, how I got there was not by a devised method. It was, I have an interest in this. And yeah. so all I've ever known is throw your hat over the fence and now you got to go get your hat. It does, you know, I I don't, you're, not, you're not a good fence climber, tough shit. Your fucking hat's over there. Let's go. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you know, it's not the smartest way. To, it's more of a wrestling approach towards something maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't very, uh, anyway, at any rate, I um, got into it that way. And then we were one of the first to market with the nitro cold brews and cans and started to mess around with a lot of that, tinkered in the cold brew market. And that's kind of where we are now, yeah. um, solidified with a few different flavors of, uh, of cold brew nitro. And, um, and what it's looked at for me has been like, it's been like being in a university. It's like you pick your way that you want to participate in this life. And if you jump in fully, immerse yourself in it, you get a fucking education. And you get an education that's the best education because it's something that you're tremendously interested in. Yeah. And, and so guys ask me about that. They, I mean, they do about coursing their life in some way. I'm like, you got to fall in love with something and then do that thing. Well, that's not going to pay my bills is always the thing people say. They, they get in their fucking way so much by saying what they can't do because, Oh, is there an obstacle? Was money an obstacle? Yeah. Dickhead. That's what makes you stronger. Getting over the obstacle, you know? And so it's like, and and I'm not any smarter than that or more courageous. I I mean, that's why I just go, I got to dummy up, throw my hat over the fence and then Mm -hmm. figure out how to go get my fucking hat. Yeah. Because, because otherwise I can, paralyze myself with thought i can uh get into a space where i can't move at all because the options are so great and, th- and there's a there's um a great benefit to keeping momentum and so mm. you know and that's what i've done and i'm really glad that we chose coffee because it's something i love and i'm glad that we're still into it you know people talk about like wanting to make a startup because you know because they want to cash out or they want to do whatever they want to do but the real thing is is you better really be in love with the thing you do too because you're going to do it a long time probably you know, if, I mean, if you want to curate it correctly and get it to a spot where you can sell, it's like, that takes a lot of hard work and a, a bit of panache and tenacity and, and all these other things. And, um, so, yeah, that's kind of, and how I got there was I was going to start a food truck. Uh, I went to the CrossFit Games one year and I was like, fuck, man, I can make a hundred grand a weekend if I just put a coffee truck here. Mm. And there w- wasn't very much at that time. So that's kind of what got us thinking about it. Never did it at the CrossFit Games. Started a truck. Then we ended up putting little locations in New York at my friend's gym, uh, Brick, New York. And, um, and we just started going and banging from there and got deeper and deeper in the industry and built our brand. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how we got there with that brand. And, and like, before that, you know, I'm, I'm a gym owner, right? And, yeah. and so, like, I uh, – but, but why is that? Well, because I, I, I love that. and I love the high standard that athletics and, and gyms give us. And there wasn't that in my town in Santa Fe. So I was like, well, fuck, you can either be a guy that bitches about the thing that ain't there, or you can be the guy that makes the thing that's there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm much, I can sleep better with the other guy, you know? Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> 
so, so anyways, that's, that's kind of, you know, how I get to those spots is I go, yeah, I desire this to happen. And I think this ought to be here. And so then, then you do that thing, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, so I've always had, and it's always been like that. So I've been like several different houses then. And then there's the, my, my film career, which is yeah. uh, a whole nother thing. It's fucking you know? dope, bro. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. So How's it's, that it, been for you, man? Busy, like, that's a, busy and all that. That's a fucking beast in itself, man. Like, walk yeah, us through that. Beautiful. How the how did you how did you get into that? Beautiful, man. I just feel grateful to be at the party. You know, it's been yeah. a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, and it's been one of those things. And yet another thing that I was like, that's not reasonable. You get, oh, yeah, are you going to go be in movies? A kid from <laughs> Michigan, you know, Northern Michigan. You're going to go? Are you? Uh, is that what you're going to do? Cool story. Yeah. You know, like that's not fuck. And, did you have a lot of people saying that? Like, good luck, kind of thing. Who doesn't? I mean, yeah. what what's the story we all hear growing up? If you want to go and you want to be in movies, that's what a million to one. Or same if you, you want to be a pro crazy. athlete, it's impossible. It's impossible. They give you if you want to be a doctor, odds. crazy yeah. odds, right? Yeah. And so, what do they want to do? Break you with the odds. Yeah. Fuck. And, and what do you got to do? You got to try anyway. Yeah. And that's all I'm responsible for. I'm responsible for trying and for curating myself and building and developing myself to a point where I can try the best that I can and, and be the right person for the job. That's it. You know? Yeah. And so that's just where I try. I, I try to stay in my lane in that way, you know, like, cause that's, cause again, that's what I can control. Right. Yeah. And also that's where the fun is. That's, that's where growth is. That's where you become a, a new, a new man. Yeah. What, what was your first project? Like what was the, how did you Master get into movie lockdown? Yeah. So I'm working at a nightclub. <laughs> um, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yeah. And a uh, guy comes up and he goes, Hey, uh, he tells one of my guys at the door, we need a, but we need these big white boys for this film. We're going to do out at the penitentiary. There's a great penitentiary here in Santa Fe and it's for sure got ghosts in it. I worked in there a bunch, yeah. um, worked in there for the longest yard for lockdown, uh, a commercial we did out there, but there's bodies all through there. Like mm -hmm. 1980 riots in Santa Fe, New Mexico prisons. Go ahead and read about it. There's a great book called uh, The Devil's Butcher Shop. Dudes walking around with mop handles with dudes' heads as scepters. Walking like crazy, taking heads out in bags to the National Guard. Giving it, like the whole place flooded. The, the only thing that saved everybody is that they all got into the uh, narcotics in the pharmacy. And they all got high. Which they, but they were burning people. It was insane. Anyway, the scars of burning these cells... Like everything is still like it was. And you can see chips where the shovels were going into the cement where they were chopping heads off. Like it's, it's savage. Anyway, that's where my first film was. was uh, I, so I go up there and I audition. It's Master P and all his dudes. Uh, no, no, no Limit Records. You know, do this audition. And they're mad for me saying uh, the N-word. They're like, no, you got to say, fuck you, dirty fuck. And I was like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm the guy for this. Anyway, uh, that was the first job I did. And, and it was, I mean, there were fights in it. There was like a fall out of the third story tier onto a picnic table. There, um, and the guy, the guy at the end of that, I, he goes, man, you ought to come to LA, dude. I got a guest house. You stay with me out there. Da, da, da. And I'm working at the nightclub still, you know, and yeah. I'm just making an extra 10 grand that month basically is, and I didn't even know I was going to make that much. I thought I was going to be hundreds of dollars because that's a whole nother story, how to get paid in the film business. But the, the, anyways, the, uh, the guy says, you should come out and stay at my house. Da, 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 da. And I was like, 
just a kid from Michigan. I only got to work this one job. I'm doing this wrestling thing now. You know, I like competing in these combat sports. I'm cool. Thanks, man. Like, that's unrealistic. And I just checked that off. And that was like in 2000. Mm -hmm. um, and I just started training. I would go and I would compete everywhere in the world. Uh, wherever, wherever I could go, I would just work to get the plane ticket, to be able to get the hotel, to be able to get the admission fee and, and go and fucking, uh, and that was life for a while. Um, and then that same guy, Keith Willard is his name, ex Navy SEAL, bad motherfucker, really cool guy. I get called for a job on Equalizer, like, um, like 10 years later. Yeah. Right. So that's the first job. And I got what they call Taft Hartley on it. Taft Hartley is a old, it grandfather's you in to the SAG union mm -hmm. or it's a guild. It's not a union, but, um, so anyway, that's how you get a SAG card. Well, it's one way you can, but it's hard to get a SAG card. And people say, how do you get a SAG card, Tate? And I'll go, well, you got to say some lines or have some action in a movie. Well, how do I get a job to get the, well, you got to have a SAG card first to get the job. And it's like this closed circle is, is what it feels like, you know. It's very frustrating when you're looking at it and you have a desire to do something like that. That, that job gave me the ability to have a SAG card, that mm -hmm. first job I had with Master P. Ten years later on the Equalizer, Keith takes me and four or five guys out to get burgers and just get to know everybody. I haven't seen him since then. He doesn't know me. And, uh, and then I tell him, I go, you know, you, you – gave me that sag you you're the one that brought me into this business and here we are 10 years later we did it and that, and that was a great job to work for with them but it's like the way the synchronicity of this world man it's like you know and 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 what did i do to deserve any of it i try to be helpful i just did jujitsu and uh um and and that's about it like i I'm, I'm like i'm trying to sharpen my sword at something where i get so good at a thing that I can understand a lot of things better. And that's kind of what jujitsu was like for me in a lot of ways, right? Was like that practice that I could, I could throw myself into and all the solutions for life would come out of that. You throw an answer into jujitsu and you puzzle on it, you'll get answers, man. And you'll get freedom in that. You'll get truth in that because it's functional and there's nothing but truth on the mat. And so that's the places I'd like to put myself. And then being around guys like Keith Willard, who's also a dude like that, and, and you speak truth and vulnerability to that and, and, and have the strength and ability to back up what you're doing. Fuck, man. Like, the, the whole world, it seems like it just came together. And I was just like, this is, there's some crazy synchronicity. And I always saw it as a little kid. I was always a seeker and I always looked. But to really feel it and feel it layered on itself and go, God damn, this just keeps happening and happening. Mm. And, and it's kind of been like that. And I, I pinch myself a lot, you know? Yeah, it's, I know exactly what you mean. And, it's the relationships and how you cultivate them as well, right? Like, I really think that a lot of opportunities come from how you treat people, you know? Like, you meet people, they like you, you take an interest. I, I've seen it in my own life, too. It's fucking amazing, man. Yep. Like, yep. just when you cultivate these relationships and you, um, just you're genuine and you're genuinely, yeah, you're, you open up, you're vulnerable. People, I, people I feel they can open up. It helps me to do that, what you're saying, when I'm curious, right? Yeah. When I'm curious about you or about this thing or something. Because just in the curiosity is an admission of ignorance. Yeah. I'm going, I'm just here open to the world trying to learn, you know? And so that's what I love about you, man. And I've always loved it about you. Whenever I've seen you on podcasts, like, you know, 
Mark Cision or, or, you know, Rob Wolf or Rogan, you always have that curiosity. Yeah. Like you're a humble guy. Well, I, that's I what I've appreciated it, about you. It's a, it's a hack I use. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you want to be a sullen judgmental dickhead, yeah. go ahead and know Tate, go ahead and have contempt prior to investigation. If, if, if you want to be a, a citizen of the world, Go ahead and be curious, yeah. you know? And, and so I, I just, I go, it's either this or that. Cause if I'm not curious, I'm actively something else that I'm not thinking about intending to be, which mm. is a dickhead sometimes. Mm. So I have to kind of get ahead of my own dickheadishness so I can get myself out of the way, you know? Yeah. I think we all, we go, we all go through that too. And it's crazy how, how we just keep learning, you know, there's no finish line. It's like, you just, it's, it's fucking crazy when you become a student of life, man. You just learn from everybody. It's wild. The, the only thing that blows my mind that maybe this isn't a simulation, it's the, the biggest uh, argument against this being a simulation is this COVID thing that just happened. Like, this is so crazy. Like, if it is a simulation, I go, well, what kind of game would you just take all the energy, money's energy, or we're going to just take all the energy out of this, and we're just going to replace it with fear if we can. Like, that's a horrible game. Could very well be a simulation, man. Like I think about that all the time. Like, what is actually happening right now? Interesting. It is a trip, man. <laughs> I think that it, it's so wild. Uh, did you watch? Uh, what's the one that's kind of based on the Clintons? That was uh, Spacey was in and oh, House fuck. of Cards. House oh yeah, Cards. I watched a little bit of it. A little bit of it. It's, it's this gnarly political yeah. kind. It, it, it told from the perspective of a guy that lived in the Clinton white house yeah. and he was their autobiographer he was he was their writer yeah it, it, it's his screenplay this tv show is right yeah so it's kind of about that and it's all the gnarly aspects the murders the all the dirt of politics the grossness but no pedophilia there's no real crazy shit that is the shit that we're seeing that actually happens Fuck, like, I know. and so i'm like if they showed us the reality we would blow it off and say it's not real because it's too out there our fiction is less raw than the reality i think yeah. to, a, to a large degree man there's been so much of that and fucking rabbit hole goes deep deep <laughs> like, it's crazy and although i mean obviously there's lots of conspiracies or whatever but i mean how far off are some of them i mean for fuck's sake you look at david ike's you know on and and brian rose all the shit's getting censored all right. this yeah, all this talk and that, but I, I can i could understand why you would censor that also yeah because me too. we're a big company it's like yelling fire in the in the theater you know like here's a guy that's got a lot yeah. of following and if, and if i own youtube and i don't like what you say i, I guess you do get to say fuck you i mean it's a private True. company you know um and the other thing is is that guy thinks people are lizards also. I mean, yeah. like, I, I don't disagree with a lot of what he says, but even back 20 years ago when he was trying to be different things, because he's got a long history. I've been yeah. watching him for a minute. Um, but he thought, like, George Bush was a reptile that lived under the Denver International Airport. That was, what, I mean, he was <laughs> adamant about it, you know, uh, back in, like, the early 2000s. So yeah. anyway, I, I, <laughs> I got to just take it for from whence it comes, right? It's like, yeah. these are crazy people that are made to look like they're not crazy also, you know, and also they get, they're right a lot. I mean, the guy that's more right, I think is uh, the other psycho that's so angry. Um, 
So he's a great guy, Alex Jones. Oh yeah, I, I, I watched Brian he's, Rose he's on his show. That just, I'm afraid for his heart every time I. See, he looks <laughs> yeah. like he's got high blood pressure, like crazy. Yeah. But um, uh, so many of his things come. It's like those are all predictions that come true, and it's like he, it's 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 a wild thing. You can't you can't just brush these people off, even if they said crazy things before. I guess is the point. Yeah, and it's just so fucking out there that I don't even think people want to accept that that could be the truth. This fucking pedophile shit, man. Like it's, it makes right. me want to like, after seeing some of the stuff that I've seen lately, I'm like, man, I don't even want to be the same species as these people that right. do this shit. Yeah. Like it's so out there. And, and, and I don't even know what's true. Right. Yeah. I don't know what's out there or not. I mean, I look at this and I look at my own reality. I go, I believe that we're in the middle of a psychological operation of some sort or something. And I think that it's more plausible to me that this uh, illness or whatever it is, is a bio terror weapon of some kind that's directed at us is what I look at. It's more believable to me than a bat bit a chinchilla that got sold at a wet market in Wuhan and then kissed a baby and gave it fucking Wuhan virus. hundred percent. I just, it seems less plausible. That seems less plausible than this is something that uh, maybe a country tried out on some of their poor people, a country that has a history of killing tens of millions of people inside this century, just mm. for instance. Yeah. So it's not like 30 or 50,000 people matter. And, uh, or, or, or Russia, very few cases in Russia, kind of a trip, right? Yeah. Um, shares a border <laughs> with China. And, and so like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I look at all that and I go, I don't even know what's real as far as this fucking flu goes. Like, I don't know anything, but all these people saying they do, I'm like, I am not convinced. And why is everybody else so easily convinced? So, you know, it's, it's hard to know where to go, except, except that I have to go against that. You go against energies. I want to go against fear and I want to go towards curiosity. I want to get to know my brothers more. I want to look toward the positive ends of this. Yeah. And, um, and not believe the hype. I want to put everything through that filter, I guess. And that's the shitty thing is that we're in this land where we're trying to live a positive, productive life. And at the same time, we're in an era that's commonly called the post-truth era, mm. which is an echoing sadness in my heart that that's a term that we use. And that's where we are, where we're not to rely on almost any news that we get regardless of the source. And, and that puts your mind in a fracture, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this thing's bizarre. I I don't understand how they can say when it came into the country. I swear I had something in February, man. I came back from Mexico. I fucking went through a flu and was coughing like a chain smoker for two weeks. I had no right. idea. And it was it was rough, but I also know I'm not afraid of it because I my immune system. Like I have, I think right. as yeah, human beings, we gotta have faith in our fucking we're resilient. We got through a lot of shit over the years. Like we can beat whatever this thing is. Right? And, and if not, if, if there's a percentage of us that go, yeah, we got to go back to a different question. And I don't want to be a dickhead, but like, were we all supposed to live forever? Like, I mean, yeah, it's true. We're not all going to make it. I, am I the only one to be the first to tell CBS News and CNN that? Like, we're not all going to make it. And, yeah. and, and the percentages that we're talking about, when it's less than suicides, when it's less than then uh, the, the flu by a margin of, I don't know, 80% or something like that. Deaths versus deaths. It's like that seems like a trip. I don't know what's going on. 
-hmm. I don't know what's real, but I got a lot of questions. And I don't think maybe we'll know until years later. I mean, you know, I'm still a guy asking about Tower 7, so I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. No, I know. And like, I'm up in Vancouver, Canada, obviously. And uh, things, things aren't that, like, we're not on crazy lockdown like some places. You know, people are still, obviously, the streets are a little bit quieter. The park's a little bit quieter. But it doesn't feel that different to me. And I, yeah. st- I keep away from people. But it's a weird thing. Like, I can't, can't fucking hug somebody or shake somebody's right. hand later. Like, get fucked. The, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, I run into people and, and um, people don't know how to respond to you because nobody knows how anybody else is taking it. Like, if they're taking it, like, this is a death sentence that's bound to happen and they're trying to avoid, or if they're like, I don't know, if they're more cavalier about it, you know? Um, yeah, like you walk but, by somebody and they give you this weird, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Have a, a can of salmon or something. They're like, like you've you, assaulted them. Yeah, it's like, relax. Yeah, yeah, there's all, there's all that. And I got to remember when I'm in the grocery store, stay six feet, you know, all the stuff. But um, it's crazy. But yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a trippy world. I mean, that's the thing that I wonder socially how it's changed in different countries. You know, like in South Korea versus Italy versus Iran and here in Canada and Mexico, I heard no cases also. But um, it's interesting culturally, like how we shift and change and like where you're like, yeah, it's kind of like, meh. And like in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I am right now, too, it's, it's like that, too. People are like, I guess there's watchdog groups on Facebook that all rat each other out. There's kids playing in yeah. the park today. And so then yesterday they just put caution tape around all the parks so that you can't touch any of the equipment so like yeah these families that go out now you just can't use the city the way you, or whatever i don't know so there's that going on which is a little petty it seems like but they're they're amping it up in la yeah. uh where i understand that they're encouraging citizens to turn in other citizens um and they're setting up hotlines for it and shit which seems crazy no. it's like they're fighting the drug war against regular it's, citizens it's like it's such it's a bad direction to go down it's such a bad and then, they talk, then they talk about mandatory vaccines oh. for, for, for a flu. Like, that seems insane. Bill Gates, man. It's crazy. <laughs> what a psychopath. Like I said, the reality is probably way crazier than I think it is. You know, I just think it's about greed or something. Little did I know they're drinking babies. Or yeah, that, that fucking weird. Yeah, that, uh, that, <laughs> that with endochrome or something or whatever. The oh, shit yeah. She's. Eddie sent me a link about Dude, that. that, that uh, I forget yeah. what it's called, but something like that. It's, Adrenochrome. Yeah. It's when I heard that, I, I didn't even know what to think. I was like, am I watching a, am I watching like a fucking science fiction movie here? Or is this actually, and that's what like, but go ahead and go ahead and put on minority report tonight. Oh dude, that movie something always like that, scared the know, shit out like, of me, man. There's all those things that you're like, that was outlandish that. And then you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Pretty man, that, that movie always tripped me out. Minority report. It's like, almost wait, I like didn't somebody, commit a crime. It's like somebody from the future came back and they're like, now I'm a producer. And they make movies about what the future's like. You know, what's funny is I just started watching Hunger Games for the first time. Uh-huh. I was like, what is this thing? And I'd never watched it. And I started watching it and I was like, wow, that's, this is interesting. <laughs> We're not that far off. Is it another 12 years? How long is it? Like... Fuck, man, it's crazy to think about this stuff. And that we don't even know. We all talk about like we know it's like things are going to go on like they were. 
but we don't know how long this is going to stretch. And we don't know if we're going to have a summer. It's not going to be, I want it to be the same, but is it going to be the same? Dude, I think about, you know, everybody I grew up with, everybody, like two thirds of our country in America, I think is check to check. Meaning that if their resources don't come in at the end of that week, their bills at the end of that week are not getting paid. Yeah. And now they're in the red the next week, right? And so we cut out checks, not like what's, what's happening to people. He, we got, so we got a $1,200 incentive. How long, how long does a family live on $1,200? And there's all these things coming up and I'm like, and I don't know what's right. I don't know if this is, uh, you know, the worst thing since AIDS or what, but I know the Brazilian president the other day said, I know some people will die from this illness, Yeah, but people will die. But I know that we will all die if we starve to death, if we don't work. And I can't rob my economy like that. And so Brazil will stay at work. Mm -hmm. I, and I, and I, I can't say anybody's wrong. I, I'll say I'm skeptical. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm taking all the precautions as if it's AIDS. But I'm skeptical as anything. And I worry about these people. And I, fuck, I worry about myself too. But it's like there's, there's a lot more people in a crit more critical spot than I. And yeah. uh, and what, what becomes of those people? What becomes of, of, of single parents taking care of babies what, that, are, that are waitresses? Or like, oh, what, dude, what, restaurants. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally insane. It's, it's every demographic, man. And uh, I, I think about that, man. I think about I was in that position for so long, working in nightclubs, running bars. And if that was just that tap was just shut off, yep. like I wouldn't know what to do because I just spent as fast as I made it. And yep. so many people do that. It wasn't like there was this. Hey guys, so next week we're just going to shut the world down. So fucking save your pennies. No, <laughs> maybe you save, maybe you save five or 10 grand or something to go yeah. on a trip here or there, but it's not like, I mean, it's not like you're getting ahead ahead. Yeah. You're just wait. You're just so far ahead of all your friends you went to school with because they're all working at minimum wage or yeah. whatever. It's like, it becomes yeah. like that where you think you're doing well because other people are doing really not well. So what's the conversation with, with your, your specific career with like film? What are they even saying? They're just kind of like. All I'm saying is this, bro. Fucking everybody's watching Netflix, Amazon and all that. If they don't let us go back to work pretty soon, we're going to not have shit to watch. Yeah. We got to go make some more content. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I was, know. It, I, I was, was on the show. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. You go ahead. Go, well, go ahead. I was, I was, well, I was on a couple of shows. Yeah. And. When I flew from LA to New Mexico that, that day, they kind of shut everything down and, and they said they started sending people home from my show and saying, uh, you guys will get personal emails on travel, but we're all done now uh, until further notice. And, and then Warner, uh, like four different companies, it just came out ding, ding, ding. And so when does that stuff go back? You know, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, you look at, the, look at how they're doing the nightly shows. Look at how uh, Jim, Jimmy Fallon and those guys, like they're, they're working from their bathtubs or whatever. They're doing a show where they're on a tripod. Like that's, they're trying to put together this. And it's crazy that it's pushing content a whole different way, but it's a trip. Yeah, man. How's, what about, how is your, like your business online with sales and all that going? Like Black stuff? Friday every day. Dude, coffee's uh, never going away, man. It's the thing, well, it's, it's our lifeblood. It's a big commodity, yeah. But, but the, um, <laughs> But the thing is, is like, yeah, we get thrown into this online thing too. We're in a trauma. Yeah. We're, we're, what, what do people do? They spend nervously and anxiously mm -hmm. money they don't have, money that's not coming next week. It's like, I'm, 
yeah, I'm, I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous for us as a, as a nation. And um, because, because I fear that, you know, we, we could upset the apple cart here. We, we could easily become a, a nation that is uh, not a, not a leading fiscal leader. We, I mean, we could have just sold our country to China and Russia for, as we crashed our economy and they bought markets like, like the Saudis did in 2008. I mean, we, and China. Um, and so in, in those ways I go, is this a destabilization of the West? Much like we did with Arab Spring in the Mideast where we just wanted to destabilize the whole region so that Russia can't get oil out and so that that place never becomes a big power. So we just keep them warring. Like, and now, now I feel like this is the next level of that that somebody might have done to us. It's what it really feels like. I know it sounds crazy, right? It's fucking nuts. Yeah, but nothing. What is crazy nowadays? I mean, fucking, yeah, I don't know. You know, it comes out of my mouth. I'm like, these people are gonna think you're fucking insane. This no, man. Crazy. But it's like oh, it man. feels like I'm in a crazy movie. We are, and we have to question everything, man. <laughs> yeah, we got to because we've been lied to our whole lives about nutrition and health, right? For sure. Yeah. Like I mean, we've for, been for, for commerce for somebody's pocketbook. Poisoned our whole lives. Yeah, I mean, so. We have and to now question. maybe we're getting routed to where we, we need to trust pharmacology. And not oh, only yeah. that, but it's going to be forced upon you. Yeah, you can't go travel unless you get this vaccine. Like, what? You can't, you can't go to this game. Like, what? Because you, you can't go to PepsiCo. Nope, you can't go to Staples Center. They're owned by the same conglomerates. If you don't yeah. have this chip in you that says you're clear of this, then you can't come in here. Dude. That's because gonna, we're being safe. We're being safe for the rest of the people. That's going to change. I wasn't even thinking about sports Trips. and stadiums. Oh, everything. Yeah, everything, bro. This, and the, oh man, like imagine having to get a fucking vaccine or a chip, a tracker, just like in Hunger Games. To be a part of life. Just to be a part of society. Oh, did you want to pay taxes? Did you want to? Do you want to be in the game? Then you do. If you don't want to be in the game, don't. So what do we do? What do we do? But then you can't own a business or you can't do what, you know, who knows what? I don't know. I don't know. But it's just something I think I'm going to have my eyes open. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. Where are you at these days nutritionally? Where are you Um, at with the whole? ketogenic. Yeah, because I, um, you know, I I know it's kind of, I just, I wanted to discuss this with you because I always like this, you know, because since I started kind of getting in all this, you know, we had the low carb, the paleo, the keto, the low, you know, all this different stuff and the carnivore, you know, I've had Paul Saladino on the show. I've had, you know, I got Rob Wolf coming on all these awesome people. And for me, I'm kind of like, I want to hear, I want to hear what you're doing now because this fucking shit is so crazy too. Like, where are you at with all this stuff? Well, I, um, I ended up getting, I ended up getting hurt last year Yeah, and I was knocked out for like five minutes and since that injury and kind of before then I could kind of feel like all my concussions coming up on me like a cloud. Yeah. And so anyway, since last June, I've been just addressing that. And so the best way to feed the brain is with a high fat diet. So I've been strictly keto for, for that purpose. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and that's been my deal. I don't, I would love to try to be a vegetarian to tell you the truth. I'd love, I'd love to go and go for the summer. I was like, I was thinking about it. And I told KJ, I was like, Hey, you know, I might just be vegetarian because I don't know anything about it. Like, let's go and see what happens and see what happens mm-hmm. to my body and, and, and whatever, you know, everybody's got opinions, but not a lot of yeah. people really throw their hat over the fence. Right. 
And so that's kind of been the whole thing with my diets. But it, until I, you know, I, I, I'll talk to some guys about it and see where I'm at uh, physiologically. But um, I'd, I'd like to alter that because yeah. I, don't, I don't like being on anything for too long. Yeah, um, sure. I feel like, uh, you know, if you're ketogenic for too long, R- Rob can speak to this uh, um, as an expert. And I don't know hardly anything, but my, my cortisol levels would spike after like six months. And so then I'd have to start to reintroduce carbs and, and it became a whole kind of different dance. And so, you know, my body, you know, we, we need to understand about diet that our physiology changes yeah. based upon what we're ingesting and, and it forms around that. Mm. It's not the other way. It's not like the body just feeds on what it needs and expels the rest. We become the food in a way. And yeah. so uh, as my physiology changes, I may need to change that diet and amend it uh, as I start to get maybe not as good results mm. in, in, other, in other ways, like my cortisol spiking or, uh, you know, getting uh, – even, even being keto, getting um, lightheaded or something like that in workouts, it's like maybe – you know, start to play with your carb loads that way. But um, I think anything is that way, right? I, yeah. I've, just, I've just tried a lot of different things. And I think the only rule is, is that you stay strictly adherent to the ideology that you're going towards for a specified amount of time, Yeah, like 40 days or 60 days, and then you're done. Otherwise, if you're not willing to be rigid with yourself, then you're never going to have an experience. Yeah. And you'll have been spinning your wheels for all these times, talking about things, but not really knowing about things from how it is in your body and uh yeah that's what matters you got to try it i mean i've i've toyed with carnivore too like there's no doubt i felt absolutely amazing yep. got results but i get bored i get bored i like salads yep. you know i like yeah, the smoothie. I, had, I, had, I had the same thing and, and you know? then when, like, I, I, when i talk to those guys too it's like like really adamant about like yeah no not a slice of tomato not not, yeah, not it's crazy with and uh yeah. And, and like I had a spike in energy. I think, I think your body does that. I think your body, whenever you have a really profound change in, in your nutrition, your body goes, ding, we better fucking be ready. What's going It's like right oh, now. Yeah. It's like, we better be on red alert. What's, what's coming down the pike, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, I think you get to enjoy that and you're like, Oh, that feels good. Maybe that's your body defending itself against you. Who knows what that really is. Uh, you know? Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh it's quite the journey and it's always been such a, such a evolution man because so many different people's opinions and perspectives and you just got to try everything you know like yeah, there's, there's there's never um there's never just the one road right and yeah. we, we hear that all the time but uh it and and then you hear you know all the roads lead to the same uh result or whatever all all, yeah. all roads all roads lead to allah whatever the, whatever you're saying <laughs> is depending culturally on how you're yeah. it, you know and a friend of mine when i got into meditation a long time ago he talked about that and i said well what kind of meditation should i start to practice you know there's all there's sitting meditations there's walking meditations there's transcendental meditations there's kundalini, there's breathing there's yeah and uh he says you're like somebody that's that's dying of thirst in the desert right now tate and you have a shovel, and in these different holes are these different kinds of meditations, these different spots if you dig. And you go and you dig in, in, in the sitting for a while, and then you get bored because there's not a result quick enough for you. And so then you go over to the other one and you dig a little, and then you get bored because it's not novel anymore. 
and, and, and your fickleness gets you to just dig tirelessly all over. Or if you just pick one spot, you get to the same aquifer. Mm. If you just stay the course yeah. in, 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 in one discipline, Tate, you'll, you'll get to the well. And, um, and what a lesson, man. And, and I really find that to be true. And, and inside of that, I have more understanding of what all those other un, undug wells are like. I have a deeper understanding of that. And, and, and life doesn't just taste like I'm eating sand. So to wrap it up, brother, we're out of all the things, all of all the challenges, <laughs> adversity you've gone through, what is the one lesson that adversity itself has taught you that the listeners can walk away with today? Well, that it's not the enemy. I mean, that, that's your weight set. That's the thing that gets you prepared for the world. And so it's like, who's the best coach to teach you kickboxing or something? The guy that's willing to hold mitts in front of you every day. Whatever the obstacle is in front of you is that's the coach. And, and that's the thing we have to learn how, how to, how to surmount that. Cause just cause there's a goalie don't mean you can't score. Right. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. You, today, brother. Brother. I could talk to you for hours, man. I love this shit. We're just getting started with the conspiracies and stuff. <laughs> I'm going to go jump in the Rio Grande river. It's about 40 degrees. <laughs> Me and Hank get in there, rest our bones and awesome. uh, hang on to a rock. And yeah. it's like, it's like you're flying as the river takes you behind. It's amazing. Awesome, and man. So that's the rest of the day for me. I Don't. took a shower, get to the river, talk oh. to you. I Don't. feel like we succeeded today. Fuck yeah, man. Where can everybody check you out, man? Where can we keep an eye on them for um, you? This is my name, Tate Fletcher. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, my IMDb's up there, too, or you can just look at that. And uh, Coffee.com. That's it. I'm easy to find. Who's a cooler dude, T Denzel or The Rock? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think that there's probably nobody cooler than Denzel. I mean, Denzel, you could go, uh, I don't know, maybe Benicio Del Toro is yeah. as cool as Denzel. There, there's not many guys cooler than those guys, though. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a pinnacle. <laughs> no, and, and that doesn't say nothing bad about Dwayne. No. He's, a, he's a beautiful soul, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it. Right Dude, on, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, yeah, well, be well, man. It's great too, talking man. to you. Thanks. Tate Fletcher, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Show Tate some love. Go follow him on social media. And if you can, tag us in a story, screenshot, do what you can, share the love. And of course, subscribe, leave us a review if you have time. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Stay, stay safe out there and show love to everybody.